This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Episode 285, Walt Disney Studios Feature Animation Part 1, Snow White to Oliver and Company. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. I am your father's best friend, Palmer. Superman. Wonder Woman. Heroes. Villains. Captain Picard versus Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did was that he created something. So we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Strangers and Aliens. And this is a part two of a two-part series that we are doing about the Disney Animation Studios theatrical releases of animated films. Yes. Did I get that right? Yep. Okay. Well, right. it's, the, it's the Walt Disney Animation Studios, but we'll let it slide. Yeah, yeah. You, you need to let it slide. Okay. Sliding needs to happen here. Um, I'm <laughs> dude. So, my name is Ben. Ben Avery. And uh, you just heard the voices of the other two strangers and aliens, but I'm going to let you introduce yourselves, sirs, in any order. No particular order, just you the order that happens. You know this never works out. I know, we never, it's like we could, we could like roll dice, we could pull cards, it's like, and it just, it's just never worked. Hi, I'm Steve McDonald. Yeah, see, that's what you could have done. There um, you go. But instead, you talked about how it never works. It doesn't. Thereby making sure it did not work this time. Right. Too. Isn't it? Yes. Doesn't it never work? Keeping that, with when trans- does it, tradition. When, when has it ever worked? Evan David, I am the other host. Oh, man. Okay. So um, <laughs> we're off to a good start. Sort of. Okay. That start is now. We are starting now. And we are starting to talk about the, the back half of the Disney animated movies. We went through all the way through Oliver and company starting with uh, snow white and getting, you know, all the way to Oliver and company, a movie that many have not seen and few care about. Mm. But now an app description, we step into a movie that many, many have seen and many, many do care about and care about quite, quite strongly. Because this is the one that kind of gave the jolt in the arm that was needed. The shot in the arm, jolt to whatever that was needed for Disney's animation. Because they weren't doing too great as far as having, you know, big hits. But this one, huge hit. Yep. It's the beginning of the Disney Renaissance. As they call it. They being people who are not me, because I did not call it that. (laughs) <laughs> I did not know. 
Uh, but yes, this is it. Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid, 1989. I was in high school, and this movie, I did not see it in theaters, but I saw it on video in our school lunchroom while we were on our um, the uh, act break while we were doing our school musical. And it was just kind wow. of constant. They just played it, and as you were waiting to go on stage, this movie was on. And it was just on and on and on and on. And I was very impressed by this movie and I didn't see it in order, but I did end up seeing the whole thing <laughs> and especially the final battle with the boat and Ursula. Like this is, this is great stuff. We've mm-hmm. got action. We've got adventure. We've got cute songs. We've got a really, really bad thematic message, but yeah, <laughs> it's, it was, it was good. And, and people liked it. And not just kids, <laughs> but kids liked it. So, yeah, I think for me, this is the most disobedient and rebellious princess of all time. <laughs> you know, she's just oh, as yeah, as as a as a role model or anything like that, just reprehensible. You know, I mean, going against her father's wishes, going behind her father's back, making a deal with basically, basically the, the devil, devil. <laughs> you know, and, and for what? I mean, it, it could have failed. It's not even like she she got what she really wanted to. She she got the the, you know, the, the means to try. And it was just like a thing after thing. I mean, and, and then what happens at the end? You know, oh, you were so disobedient to me, but I'll grant your every wish, you know? And it's just like, <laughs> oh, man, well done, but I've seen a lot of well done movies that, you know, I just don't want my kids to to take the, uh, take the lesson from. That's not even the lesson that I have a problem with. The lesson that I have a problem with in this thing is the whole, like, change yourself to be more acceptable for someone to love you. Right. Yeah. But that's not, that's not her main motivation. She just wants to be on land. Uh, I, the, the reason she wants to be on land is she wants to be with this guy. Yeah. Yeah. But she wanted to be on land before that. Yeah. But nothing pushed her to do it, to actually go and make a deal with the devil. Well, she's like a 16 year old girl. You would think. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's it's messy. It's it's not. Uh, there's a lot of unhealthy stuff going on in this movie. Yeah, and, but it's a lot happier and healthier than the actual fairy tale. Oh, absolutely. No, not <laughs> not not real. Uh, the, the actual fairy tale is a, is a Christian metaphor. No, I mean, if it is, it's an awful one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm so, sorry. Well, it's, it's a Danish one. I mean, it's it's not. Like I, it's a, I don't. You know. If, it's a if, little. It's a little different than what we're used to. No, I mean it's it's <laughs> maybe something's lost in the translation that turned it into a kind of unreadable mess of really mixed bad messages. But ugh, ugh. Well, we can all agree the music is good, can't yes, we? Yes, we can. Let's all agree that the music. The music stunk. Okay, Steve. <laughs> so can we? <laughs> I'm no, curious. This is. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was I was going to move on. So 
if, fun fact uh, before I, we I, move I just, on i just wanted to read re, just to, to you know to re-up there it, it, extremely well done and you know obviously the the beginning of of what's to come and you know not looking back towards the other stuff you know taking all the lessons from that and then you know one upping it into this but at the same time you know the story choices that disney makes sometimes completely baffle me <laughs> so well i feel like story wise it at least moves and knows what it's doing you know, it's it's saying, hey, here's a character. Here's what they want. Here's what they're willing to do to get what they want. And they get what they want. And it's it all backfires. Why? Because they did the wrong thing to get what they wanted. And, you know, it ends up with a happy ending. Yes. But it ends up with a happy ending in spite of what happens, you know, in the middle there, not because of necessarily. And that's that's a life lesson. Yeah. You can get a good life lesson from a really bad lesson uh from a bad yeah. role model <laughs> so, yeah. yeah 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 fun fact when this movie was premiered on november 14th 1989 i was a fetus <laughs> that's disturbing i technically was alive so I, I i had long since graduated high school so. <laughs> and i still had a couple years left before i left high school Okay. All right. So next we have <laughs> next we have the rescuers down under. Did not see this in theaters either, but did see it on video. And uh, this is from I think 1990, like not too long after. Uh, so it would have been in production while the Little Mermaid was in production. Um, this this is not one that's pushing the the Renaissance, but it is a good movie. It's strong. Right. I I always saw this as. Sort of like the overlap, you know, like the little if these two had said switched places, then I think you would have had that really firm cutoff line. But uh, this is a landmark film, actually, because it's the first film where they use the new digital coloring system and were able to get in instead of using uh, uh, analog paints. We're able to get a really nice crisp look and use uh, digital shading as well. So it it might not have been a, a standout story wise for the Disney Renaissance, but it's definitely a huge contributing factor to future films uh, success. Yeah, but you could say that about a lot of other bad films, too. I mean, true. Now, that said, this is not a bad film, but this no, is right. this is not one of those things that push people to like, oh, man. Disney is at they're 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 on again. You know, they are back. This was this was one that was like, oh, yeah, because Little Mermaid was the outlier at this point. Then Uh, so this was just more of the same. And Little Mermaid was the one that kind of made people say, "Ooh, what's going on? Well, actually, they did this movie did so poorly in the opening weekend. They Disney pulled all the advertising for it after that to save money. Yeah, so. I think we can all agree, not the greatest of movies, but no, but it is a, it's still good. It is still good, yeah. and it still fits into that whole rescuers, rescue rangers, uh, universe idea that I just feel that also includes the Great Mouse Detective, and so it's this nice. is probably my favorite from that universe. I I loved this movie as a kid just for the opening sequence where the camera's like going low across the ground <laughs> towards the shack, you know? <laughs> I thought that was the coolest thing when I was like two or three. And, and that was uh, George C. Scott, right? Was he in that? 
I don't know. Uh, one cool thing about this movie is uh, that I didn't know is the theatrical short was The Prince and the Pauper starring Mickey. Did you guys ever see that? Yeah. Yeah. Not bad. Good. Yeah. Not yeah. Bad. Pretty good. I like that. Uh, Tracy Scott was in there. And Bob Newhart. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And John and Candy. Yeah. Ava Gabor in her final role. Can you believe it? All the, all the stuff that she did in her final role was in The Rescuers Down Under. Uh, that brings us to, well, the, oh. the big one. <laughs> the Haymaker. Yeah. yeah. Beauty and the Beast. Yes. The first animated film ever nominated for the Academy Award of Best Picture. And also a big date movie for 90s college kids. Mm. Yeah. 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 Do you speak from experience? No, because I wasn't in college when this came out. Oh. <laughs> and and I, I would say arguably – probably one of the absolute best representations of a princess in Disney. So yeah. And maybe they learned their lesson. One of their best animated films. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, early on in strangers and aliens, you may remember us having conversations about beauty and the beast with Dr. Jace and Dr. Jace and I agreeing, uh, that this movie is also not a good example on, how to find a relationship and build a relationship (laughs) and, you know, the whole Stockholm syndrome thing that's going on there. It's not a model, (laughs) but I think they may do under the circumstances. Right. She could see that there was something that was not, you know, that, that there was something much deeper and, and there really was, it's not like she was, you know, well, okay, I'm stuck here and I, guess I'll just make do with, you know, with my, the best I can do with the situation. She actually saw it and she said, no, there's something deeper here. Well, and I, I also look at this as a very nice, good Christian type of, of message as far as the, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, you have your bestial self, the sin nature, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and needing sacrifice and, and that to, to allow you to become who you're meant to be. Um, so there, there is that for sure. Um, but, uh, that said, you know, if a monster kidnaps your father and throws you around and, you know, locks you up in a room, this is probably not the guy for you. Like I, I, I'm just saying in, in real life, that 99 that, times out yeah. of a hundred. Uh, but I've, I have told the story. I, oh, who's the animator that I saw speak about this? Um, I can't remember his name now. Um, he was a believer and he spoke at a uh, children's. Glenn Keane. Yeah, I think that's, that's probably it. Uh, he spoke at a children's uh, pastor's conference. And, and while he was speaking, he was drawing uh, Beast from Beauty and the Beast and, uh, and talking about how he saw that transformation moment as a visual representation of like the, you know, the moment that you, um, find grace and that you become a believer and that you are changing from what you are, you know, from that sin nature into who you are meant to be. And very cool. You know, he, he, he sees that moment as that. So it's, it's not text, it's subtext, but it's subtext that was meant to be there by one of the people who was working on it at least. Yeah. He's the lead animator for the beast on the film. Okay. And also, the author of the Adam Raccoon children's book series, which I highly, highly recommend. And they've just now become back in print. Little plug there. Go buy them for your kids. 
So um, moving from <laughs> moving from Beauty and the Beast, we move to the date movie that I can speak from experience about, and that is oh, nice. Aladdin. Um, ah, Aladdin. The first film I ever went and saw in theaters. Wow. I did not last five That's minutes right. in the theater. That's right. That's You've right. told us before. That's right. You were four? Three? Uh, four. Oh, let's see. When does it come out here? 92. November 92. 92. How is this my first film? Why did my parents take me to this when I was two years old? <laughs> because it's, it's Aladdin. Disney. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No wonder I didn't make it. The Cave of Wonders eats a guy. Man, I'm two years old and that is burned into my brain. <laughs> that, was there a re-release well, think, on this thing maybe? I don't know. I don't think so. No, because we were in the first house I lived in, so I would have been that age. Interesting. Okay, well, that being said, this on my uh, letterbox list of 51 Disney films, can you guess where this one is? No. Number two. Number, wow, number two. Number wow. two. This yep. would not be number two for me. Okay. No. I love this movie. I was the number one son, but they treated me like I was number two. <laughs> so, uh, the pet the penguin. Yes. Remember the penguin? I do remember the right. penguin. Yeah. Number two, get it? Nice joke. Yeah. Yeah. Nope, there, there's definitely a joke there. You can edit that if you want. Yeah. So what we're going to do here <laughs> is continue talking about it's Aladdin. All uh, right. Although uh, Batman Returns, that was what, 91? Around in there? Uh, I think so, yeah. yeah. So. See, right around that time? Right see? around that time, yeah. Yeah. So Aladdin... Uh, this one, um, I don't know. I, I feel like it's overrated. Ben, I love. Uh, say, I love this movie so much, and like these were just the epitome of heroes in the Disney world to me. Is Aladdin and Jasmine and Genie, and and I, I watched the movie. I watched the TV show, um, and I like watching it from such a young age it didn't register with me until i was probably in my late teens early 20s that they were arab characters mm -hmm. oh yeah i mean the 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 islamicness of it doesn't really translate you know you don't get that sense of it there's yeah. still i mean you only get it English, in, in design yeah <clears throat> yeah 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 i didn't even get it in design <laughs> like when I was a kid, I was like, that's just a really cool looking castle. If I well, made a yeah. castle, I'd make it look just like that. I mean, when you're a kid, everything, it's like, oh, look, you know, you know, Chinese design and African design. You don't, you don't understand all the context of it. Right. Yeah. So it was just one of those things. Well, okay. So I got a question for you though. Uh, what about this? These are some things, these are two theories I've seen pop up in my, my Facebook feed with, you know, people's headcanon and that kind of thing. Uh, one mm -hmm. is that the um, the vendor at the beginning of the movie is actually the genie. Confirmed right. by the directors. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Yep. And then the other is that this takes place in a post-apocalyptic future. <laughs> I don't think because, I buy that. <laughs> well, you know, because genie has knowledge of pop culture from the future. Right. And so – you know, you can make the case maybe that Genie's a time traveler and, and witness these things by going into the future and then coming back to the past or that he lived through it. And so now we are in the future again, but it's a future where they've lost their technology 
and or he just has access to omnipotent knowledge because of his state of being yeah so. but i don't accept that uh because of things he does and <laughs> yeah true you know if, if he had omnipotent knowledge then that'd be great and would be very useful uh when jafar you know is going to take his power and things like that they're you know he, he's bound by the the genie code as far as having to give wishes to his master and that sort of thing but yeah i i don't accept him as the uh omnipotent he might be uh all powerful but not all, all right I think I, it's just one of those times where you have to say, that's Robin Williams. <laughs> well, and that's, that's you know, really what it true. is. Uh, yes. But you did have Merlin in Sword in the Stone. Yeah. You know, come back he, from he, the future. and Right. So I'd go, yeah, Ben, I'd go with time travel then. Because, like, when he's leaving at the end, he's going present tense to Disney World. Yeah. So he must be traveling yeah. there through time to okay. get there. I'll take that. I'll take that. It doesn't make it better for me because it opens up a whole new can of worms that um, you know, omn- omniscience uh, doesn't. Yeah. Okay. So I don't think it's omniscience. I think he's he just has. I mean, if if it's that, if we're going that way, then he just has some knowledge of what is going to happen. You know, and he just makes his face look literally like a caricature of people from the future. Yeah. And then and then does the impression of the person. That's not just he has a sense of where the the future is going. That's right, but he it doesn't mean he has omniscience. It just means he has knowledge of that stuff. Yeah. So apparently, his favorite realm to hang out in uh, when he's free to do so is the late eighties, early nineties. Right. Yeah. And he well, just I mean, stays there. Yeah. And I, isn't that where we would all hang out if we had a choice? Yes. Yes. No. Yes, it is. No, it's not. No. <laughs> no, Here's the thing, not. though. None of these help. Like, it just doesn't. It, <laughs> any any of these theories for why he has this knowledge uh, just doesn't fit with what he actually does with it. So, well, have you seen uh, Aladdin two? Mm, yes, but it was a very very long time ago. It did not make make nearly the impression that. No, no, it's, it's not as good. But there is a song. He does a musical number where he uh, tells Aladdin everywhere he went in between being free and then coming back. And so, well, I don't remember much about it. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were using it to make a point. No, I'm not making a point. Oh, okay. Saying, all right, all right. If you're, if you want to flesh out your head cannon, maybe reference that song. I don't, I don't, okay. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to just stick with one. All right. The lion King is next. Uh, also known as um, African Savannah Hamlet. <laughs> yes. Also known as like the pièce de résistance of the Disney Renaissance. It's like the the crown jewel. That and Beauty and the Beast. Like Beauty and the Beast is the opening crown jewel and this is the ending crown jewel. This is a gorgeous movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a beautiful beautiful movie. And this is one again saw it in theaters. I can't remember if it was a date. Actually it was. Yeah, it was. Okay, but um, this was one that, you know, it's got all the goofy kid stuff in it, but there's still just this richness to the art and this richness to the, really the story that's going on in, in there. Right. Yeah. Number 13 on my list. Wow. That's, that's, it feels low. It does, but. Yeah, what's up with that? There's like a lot below it. <laughs> that's true. That's true. This, I, I haven't made a list, but I, I know this would be in my top 10. I just okay. don't know exactly where. 
Yeah, this this is behind Beauty and the Beast by two. Beauty and the Beast is 11. Wow. That seems low. Well, we're just going to keep going, and we'll find out what's in my top 10. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, Because here's what else is going to happen as we keep going. We're going to start getting into some that I haven't seen at all or have only seen right. parts of them. Yeah. So that's that's yeah. an unfortunate reality for this episode. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. So Lion King, so good. Ninety four. We're in. We're nineteen ninety four. Yep. Yeah. I remember I was at somebody else's house and they had it on VHS the first time I saw pieces of it. And if it's kind of funny if you look at the release dates, you know, from the uh, the Rescuers in nineteen seventy seven, it wasn't every year, but you know, eighty one was Fox and the Hound. 85 was Black Cauldron, and they were July or you know June or July releases, and then Oliver and Company came along, and it shifted to November releases all through Aladdin, and then for The Lion King, now you're having summer blockbusters again. You know, it's it's June, uh, the next coupler in June, um, and you know it's it's interesting, you know how they're how they're looking at at, at uh, marketing these things, you know, the, the November releases, obviously you're looking towards Christmas, you know, you want these to carry over to the, the Christmas, uh, holdover. So you're getting that crowd and, you know, for whatever reason, after Aladdin, they said, well, Lion King is going to be summer blockbuster instead of a, you know, a Christmas release. So, you know, then, and then they followed along with that. Um, for a while and then it just sort of gets all haphazard later on but uh you know especially through the through the 80s and 90s you did get that that pattern like every you know christmas well not everyone but you know every every christmas season uh you know that's when a disney movie would hit and then all of a sudden it was you know okay they had to have the blockbusters every summer and that's when they would hit, you know, so you would you could be able to ex- start to expect, you know, that's when the movies were going to be. Yeah. Um, 1994 was not a, a huge landmark in, in film, though. <laughs> it's except for this movie. Yeah. I mean, this was the number one movie of 94. Um, yeah. I'm looking well, now. It was a runaway success. And it's really interesting to see the dichotomy between this one and the next movie on the list because everybody at the animation studio wanted to work on the next movie and everybody thought Lion King was going to be like a, uh, it's going to be an okay movie. You know what else was 94 force Gump. Wow. Wow. Force Gump was number two. Uh, True lies was number three. The mask was number four. Speed was number five. Flintstones. Number six, dumb and dumber. Number seven, (laughs) four weddings at a funeral. Number eight, Interview with the Vampire, number nine, and Clear and Present Danger, number 10. Wow. And you know what's interesting? I can say I've seen all, every single one of those movies. Probably yeah, I think I've seen saw them that year. <laughs> seven or eight of them, yeah. Yeah. Well, that was college. And lots of movie time. So the next yeah. movie, I have not seen the whole movie. The what? One, the one that you were teasing, I have not seen this in, in its no, entirety. I've, I've seen I've a couple of scenes. It. And Are you kidding? No, I'm not. Nope. I'm not kidding. Wow. I have no desire to see it, first of all. For a good uh, reason. And, yep. and had no desire to see it, second of all. And yeah, that's where we are. This, and that is 1995's Pocahontas. Yes. <laughs> I saw it twice in theaters as a five-year-old. 
and this was like a staple movie for growing up. Wow. You know, the funny thing is I didn't I didn't see this movie because, you know, first of all, it was it, it was pretty much, you know, going back to the the motif of a princess, although, uh, you know, an Indian princess, uh, Native American, if you want to. Uh, but, you know, and it wasn't the Lion King and it wasn't, um, you know, Aladdin where you had that sh- a strong male uh, person. You know, as part of the thing, I don't think I saw the Little Mermaid very much. You know, even Beauty and the Beast, strong male lead. So, you know, at least at the time, in my shallow nineties, um, it didn't it didn't call to me. And then when I heard that they had completely gutted and butchered the story of Pocahontas, I was like, I don't think I ever want to see this movie. And then, and that was my when, issue, Steve. Yeah, it's and then just, when, yeah. Yeah, when when uh, when my kids were growing up, my daughter was I don't even know three or four, and and I had never had them watch this movie. They watched a ton of different ones, but never this one. But they had this disc where it was just songs from Disney movies. I was uh, I remember vividly. I was upstairs and I was uh, reading to my daughter, and uh, we were talking about uh, spirits and souls. And, uh, you know, we, we had this very interesting, good conversation about, you know, what spirits are and what souls are. And, uh, and then she jumped off the bed and, you know, and I had said, you know, and we have, we have a a soul inside of us and we have a spirit inside of us. And she jumped off the bed and she said, and the chair has a spirit and the table has a spirit and the (laughs) box has a spirit. And I'm like, what are you talking about? No, 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 no. I'm like, did, did you hear that somewhere? And she's like, yeah, and the Pocahontas song. And I'm like, what? Yep. And sure I was is. like. Uh, Whole song about that. It was it was appalling because here you have Pocahontas who, by historical accounts, became a Christian. And you have it. The, the whole movie is now being turned into this you know, celebration of, of pagan tradition. And I was like, man, we're never seeing that ever, ever again. <laughs> and I told my, I, I think it was my in-laws that had the, the disc. And I was like, no, we're going to skip that. No, we're not going to have that. So um, it, I, uh, I had a different disc. They, McDonald's did some music CDs. And yeah. we had one of those that had one of the, it was just around the river bend, that song. I've never yeah. seen the song happen in the movie but I've got the song stuck in my head right now because we're talking mm. about Pocahontas. Yeah. We had the toys, the books, the videos. I remember on the VHS tape, uh, they had the, the trailer for the Sega Genesis game, the Pocahontas one. And I was like, man, I want to play that. <laughs> but yeah, it's not, a great, uh, it's not a great movie. I grew up in the Jamestown, Virginia area. Nice. So yeah, I... There's not any 80-foot waterfalls <laughs> that I remember around there. So, yeah, and uh, as far as the Pocahontas legend, like, I wouldn't say completely gutted it. But, yeah, they – I mean, in real life, she was, like, 10. 12. Like, yeah, or whatever. And now she's a young young woman. And she, she marries uh, – what's his John name? John Smith instead of Rolf. I mean, it was like – uh, what else could they possibly have twisted this around? And, you know, you, you hear them talk about it and they're like, you know, well, we could have been historically accurate or we could have been, uh, you know, 
responsible to the the ethos of the times that this is being made and you really can't have a an older man and a 12 year old girl having a romance and i mean okay well yeah okay then make a different movie right, yeah. right. <laughs> you know yeah. name them something different i mean it, but it, they had mel gibson as right. john smith so you had but, to put the romance in there but <laughs> you, you know what you could have done is it could have been you know a tiger lily you know yeah. or something <laughs> like that well and just make make the story up yeah, you know, and, and that's the frustration is there are so many people now who, because Pocahontas is a Disney movie, this is not a historical person. You know, this is – she's a Disney princess. She is not yeah. – you know, and yeah. and that's the unfortunate thing is that we have lost the history because of this. Like this did not help people gain awareness of a real historical person. This actually has buried the real historical person. Yeah, yeah. Same with an upcoming one as well. Yeah. Pocahontas is number 43 on the list. And Pocahontas would be number X on my list because I haven't seen it, so I can't place it. Great. I would I would place it as low as you could go, and I haven't seen it. So Next is a movie I wish I had time to watch, but I never – when I do have time, never think to watch this. Oh, yeah. man. And this I, will is, give you, I, I will let you borrow my Blu-ray. I don't need to. It's on Hulu. But uh, – I, I saw it in 96. I really, really liked it a lot. Uh, but that's The Hunchback of Notre Dame or Notre Dame. Yeah. Uh, and I, this was really, really good. I really, really liked it. Again, not perfect translation of the book, but it's it was a strong oh, movie. Yes. From absolutely. what I remember, the, I should say. <laughs> the, the themes in this, oh, they knock my socks off. The music is absolutely incredible. The art is awesome. Um, this is probably Disney's most mature animated film and you can just pull so many awesome Christian, uh, themes out of it. It is yeah, by mature. What do you mean? Like it's, it's, uh, for, it's not a kiddie movie. Um, it revolves around, uh, religion and it revolves around this judge slash religious figure and his lust for, uh, the woman Esmeralda. And basically, he uses his power and position to. Um, he's like, basically, okay, I'm going to catch you, and I'm either going to burn you at the stake for being a witch, or you can be my lover, and I'll let you live. That's wow. what the, this Disney movie is about, <laughs> and it's not subtle. Um, and it's number one on my list. Wow. Yeah. Uh, this is a fantastic movie. I've heard you talk about it. Yeah. I remember it, it being just, really good. I just, it's all memory, all memory. Just for the Christian themes alone. Um, it's awesome. And I mean, you could, you could pull several sermons out of it. Um, it makes me cry. Uh, I, would, I would hope you wouldn't want to pull sermons out of the Bible, but you might get well, a couple yeah, of illustrations. You, you could, yeah, you could use illustrations and, and you could center a, a sermon or two around the movie if you're doing like a movie series or whatever. But uh, as long as you slather it, the, the scripture right on top of it. How be yes, that? of be course. Okay. I don't want people to get the wrong idea. <laughs> okay. So the next one is another favorite of mine. 1997 really? Hercules. Yes. I'm a Hercules nut though. That's the thing is Hercules is probably one of my favorite, uh, fictional characters and keeps becoming more so. 
Really? Yeah. Yeah. I never knew that. And well, the, the thing is, he doesn't always get the best movies. And <laughs> you know, there's there's it's not that he's always in great stories, but as a character, uh he is something this is why I'm able to accept that you have different versions of different characters running around um, doing different things and they don't, they can even be in the same universe, but the canon doesn't necessarily line up exactly because of Greek mythology and just the way that that works. But then there was uh, when I was a kid, there was the Hercules movie with Lou Ferrigno. There was a Hercules cartoon show where he puts on a <laughs> ring to get his powers. There was um, the Hercules Marvel comic, Marvel comic series that yeah. I, the mini series I had the first issue for. Um, and so you, these three different Hercules, I, it took a moment for me like, wait, this isn't the same what and then once it clicked with me is oh i can accept this you know where you have the the character that so you get the, the this version of the character over here this one over here and they have the same ideas behind it you know as a baby killed some snakes etc but <laughs> yeah so i'm I, I really like the character of hercules and um actually I've written some stuff where I had to take him out because I put him into a, a thing and then it just took away from the narrative. But I, I eventually ha- will have something written about Hercules where I can add my own spin in the mythos. But this is where, hey, you don't have to follow the the canon. You know, this is not Pocahontas where it's a <laughs> real person right. who did real things and now you're making up stuff that never happened and could never have happened with this yeah this is just a spin on the classic tales and so yeah is it great maybe not is it good yeah. definitely it's an okay superman movie or <laughs> you you could say that superman is a really good hercules riff yeah well uh, no what i'm saying is this version of hercules falls out of the sky and is adopted by two kindly farmers grows up as an awkward teenager with superpowers and then has to leave to go to a temple-ish fortress thing and talk to his dad in hologram form and then he goes off to become a hero at which point he is given a cape and goes and saves the city and becomes famous so yeah and what you now, just said you, now you i have can, to watch it as a superman movie you can you can take what you just said and say superman riff which is not necessarily wrong i'm not saying you're wrong but no, i'm also I'm saying, going to say it's it's in but what I'm saying is what I'm saying is they did all that because some of the real stuff, like his parentage and things like that, you don't yeah. put into a kid's movie. You know, he's nope. just, yeah, just absolutely, don't. Yeah. Zeus. I'm not Zeus was not a friendly giant guy that you could just talk no. to every once in a while. Uh, no, 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 no. Disgusting. And Zeus I wasn't was saying a terrible, awful, no good, very bad, absolutely. awful thing. Right. I wasn't saying that it's a riff on a Superman movie as a dig against this Hercules movie. It's just there. But I, I like, I like this movie a lot when I was growing up. Uh, it's, it's got great music. Um, the fun, like gospel choir sort of music is, Mm -hmm. was a nice touch. Yeah. Yeah. And that's 97. Hades, Hades is one of the best Disney bad guys. I think. Yeah. They did a good job with this one. Yeah. So that was 97. Uh, this is actually, that was right after I got married. Uh, but Mulan 98, I have not seen. 
What? Yeah, I have not seen this movie. Wow. Oh my word, Ben. I like had a moment where I had to do a double take with my mouth just now. I've, I've seen a movie that Ben hasn't. This is crazy. This this movie is great. It's fantastic. Well, that's that's great, and that's fantastic. I just haven't seen it yet, so <laughs> I, uh, yeah. I think it's on Hulu. I I believe it is. There's like uh, Hercules, uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame, and and Mulan, and I think maybe even Tarzan are on Hulu. I think Tarzan's on there. Yeah. It's kind of these uh, this this end of '90s. I don't know what happened that Disney said, "Hey, you know our streaming service that we own one third of? Let's go ahead and throw a couple movies over there." And it'll be, it'll be those, the ones that nobody's really clamoring for. I, I don't, I don't get it, but yeah. Yeah. Well, so go ahead, talk about Mulan and uh, I'll cut you off when we need to move on to the next one. Saw this one twice in theaters. Fantastic villain. Um, just a great storyline. Uh, Eddie Murphy as Mushu is a great sidekick character. Yeah. Um, just a fun story where she has to disguise herself to save her father's life. She has to disguise herself as a man and take his place in the army. So just really interesting. And then the bad guy is like, he's not kidding around. It's a very, (laughs) you know, like he's murdering people. And, uh, it's, he's one of the more, definitely one of the more intimidating Disney villains. So yeah, just good, good action adventure movie. With some heart. So, With some yeah. heart. Yeah. Then that's that's that. Number 14 on the list. Oh, okay. Uh, okay, next movie is one of my top tens, and that is 1999's Tarzan. Nice. And yes, number 12 I, for me. Uh, this one I saw in the theater by myself. Literally. Uh, went to the theater by myself, and there was no one else in the theater with me. Wow. I have the exact opposite experience. I went with my family and there were so many people. There weren't enough seats for me. So I had to sit in my dad's lap. (laughs) This is 99. How old were you? Nine. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) It was packed. Well, we were (laughs) nine. Nine is you're in a fuzzy area there. That's acceptable. You know, yeah, that's that's you're going to feel super embarrassed, maybe. But it's also totally okay. I think I was a little embarrassed at the very beginning, but then by the time I got into the movie, I was just lost in the movie. It's very good. And this my, is – go ahead, Steve. My nine-year-old sits in my lap all the time. So this is Glenn Keane, who was the supervising animator of The Beast. Now he's the supervising animator of Tarzan, and he went all out with this one because it's the first um, character he had to – You know, they have to draw this thing. And he has to make Tarzan super anatomically correct, where all the, with all the muscle groups and everything, because he's so muscular and how he and moves. And he's not wearing many clothes, right? And so he's like, this is like, well, even like Aladdin, you know, he's not wearing a shirt, but if you look, there's he doesn't have a belly button or nipples, you know. So they're cutting the corners a little bit, but with Tarzan, with all his physicality and all the things he's doing, there, the level of skill that went into animating him is just crazy. So it's almost worth seeing just for the technical achievement here. And they're also using um, a blend of CGI and traditional animation. And what I mean by that is 
they they've made the trees where he's surfing through the trees. They're making those as CG models, but then instead of you know applying textures and things, they invented a software where the uh, artists are able to just paint directly onto those uh, CGI models like they would a normal backdrop. So it's really a, a fascinating blend of the two uh, animation styles. And of course, the, all these awesome 2D animation innovations uh, didn't last very long for much after this because Disney made the switch to completely CGI. But. Yeah, I think the, the, the tree surfing instead of the, you know, the swinging on the branches, I think that just sort of set me off. And I was like, oh, they're just trying to make this, I mean, you know, cool for kids or something like that. At the time, I think that's my thought process. Um, and I, I didn't see this until much later on when I think someone just had it on and I ended up watching it or something. So, Well, I really enjoyed this one uh, yeah. quite a bit and, and still do. Tried to watch it with my kids. Um, my youngest, this was a couple of years ago, was a little too young still. He did not appreciate the scary stuff at the beginning and we had to turn it off which mm. i was really disappointed and haven't gone back to it since just because i've again you know we're at a point in time where there's so much to do so much to see i just i, I just don't have time to watch mulan and tarzan <laughs> again so make time then i'll come over we can have a mulan party <laughs> <laughs> well how about this how about instead we do a fantasia 2000 party because oh. january <laughs> 2000 we got uh well actually i guess it looks like it premiered in, in 99 but uh 2000 fantasia we're going back to the well and doing gorgeous beautifully animated short films set to classical music love yeah. this movie it's very very good I watched it once. I've definitely watched it more than once. <laughs> I, 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 just, I think I've seen at least parts of it more than once. My my daughter likes both of them, so she would watch, uh, you know, both of them. This was a fun. Uh, we watched this on home video as a family, and it, I just remember it. We had so much fun just as a family watching it and enjoying all the different shorts and things. I think we made cookies. <laughs> and it's just great i mean the the steadfast tin soldier is a great one in this one um the i can't remember what it's called but it's the jazz one uh it was very good and well, I, I love the flying whales one. Oh, really that's like yeah. my least favorite one it's beautiful it's just beautiful and yeah that's why i liked it <laughs> it's nice I I like my favorite one is the the last one in this one. Unlike the last one in the first one, um, which is my least favorite of that one. But it's with the uh, the spirit of spring or life or whatever is coming to life, and then versus the spirit of destruction. Uh, that's pretty cool. Just really cool visuals. And then I really like the Noah's Ark uh, rendition. Oh, I forgot about that. You know, it's <laughs> it's not biblically accurate, but. Really? It yeah, because Donald Duck's in there. <laughs> it, it's they do some fun stuff with it, like when all the animals are getting on the ark. There's like a dragon and a griffin and a unicorn that are laughing at all the other animals. Yeah, as they're getting on the ark because they're they're not going on it. They're they're mocking. 
right? So that, I, that's why we don't I, have dragons, I, griffins, or unicorns today. I forgot about right. that. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. cause Donald was Noah, right? No, oh, yeah. he was one of Noah's assistants. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we uh, so that's a celebration of and a, and a look back really uh, at uh, where they came from, where Disney's animation came from, and you know they're doing a look back. They're using new technology, but then we move to another t- movie from two thousand, and that is Dinosaur. Dinosaur, a <laughs> CGI movie. Um, photorealistic CGI movies yeah. not even like an animated style, you know, I wouldn't have placed uh, it on the list, honestly. Yeah. I, just because it well, is yeah. CGI, but I mean, it's, it's Disney's animation. Yeah. And, uh, it's notable for the fact that they went on location for all the shooting and added, the uh, CGI animals in afterwards. So it's not digital environments. It's real environments. See, that's to me, that's not an animated movie then. You know, this is Jurassic (laughs) Park, you know, it's Jurassic Park without humans. And I mean, I guess if you want to say Jurassic Park is an animated movie or Avatar is an animated movie, you you can, but this, it's not, it's animated for sure. The characters are definitely animated and it's on the list that Wikipedia has. So it's, yeah, it's on the list the of what we're talking about. It's pushing the definition of animated, I think past what most people are comfortable with. Yeah. Well, that's number just, 41 for, for me, it's the, the definition of animated is the movie is animated, you know, if, and for this it's partially animated. And I mean, uh, technically it is animated, but I think for, the you know for all intents and purposes if we're looking at you know what snow white was and what sword in the stone was and what the rescuers were and what beauty and the beast was this is altogether different you know it's a different it, it, it if it's animated and i'm not saying it's not but if it is in the animated section then it's it's got to have its own thing because it doesn't really belong with all those other ones that can have come before it. The interesting thing for me with this one was seeing the teaser trailer for it. And actually the teaser trailer is just a scene from the movie. Yes. The opening scene. And it's, it, it felt like you were actually watching a short film. And so it gets through that scene and you've, you've witnessed something, you know, you're not just seeing clips from the movie. You're seeing a, a mini story. And and I loved that idea when, when they when, when they did that. But the movie itself was it looked good. I don't remember anything other than dinosaurs moving around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty much that. You could title the movie "Dinosaurs Moving Around" because that's what they're doing. All right, so <laughs> we are yeah, at. I think, I think anytime we have something like that as well. You know, I mean, Christians can believe one thing or they can believe another thing, but most of the time when you have these things, it's 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 pushing a non-Christian evolutionary agenda. And that's what I have problem with a lot of the times with stuff like this or with 
Um, you know, even the, the Donald Duck thing with Noah's Ark. I mean, it, it's fun and it's well done, and, and I don't think it was meant to be disrespectful. But at the same time, it's sort of like, you know, you're you're putting it in a in a more of a, a mythical, more of a you know a, a a a mythical time that it happened instead of saying it really did happen. We're just going to have a little fun with it, you know. So I think sometimes with me, and I see this type of stuff, and I just say to myself. You know, I, I I couldn't sit there and watch it with, and enjoy it for what it is, even if it was extremely well done. Just because I'm looking at it and I'm seeing, you know, they're presenting, you know, atheistic Darwinism and they're presenting atheistic, uh, you know, evolution and and things like that. And to present that for kids, to me, is you know going a little bit beyond the pale because you're not opening up a dialogue and you're not saying. You know, this is a maybe story. You know, you, you, a lot of the times that when they're doing this, they're saying these are hard facts. We're telling a story about these hard facts that everyone, you know, is, is supposed to. And they're not even giving you the option of saying, you know, hey, this could have happened 5000 years ago. You know, most of the time they'll put the big numbers, you know, 93 million years ago or something like that. And, you know, they're they're just taking it out of the the realm of of uh you know having a healthy discussion about it and just it's it's now just an agenda type of a thing well you know what puts this in the realm of uh fantasy for me is didn't the dinosaurs talk yes yeah so i mean yes well yeah it's already except for the carnivores but even they have no souls (laughs) (laughs) but even with that you know they're they're basing it in something where you're supposed to you know, take it as fact that the that you know the the these things actually happened. These things happened at this time. Just like but Pocahontas. All, yeah. Well, that's all metatextual, though. Yeah. It's not. It is. I, I I can't enjoy things you know metatextually when they're like that. Is what I'm saying. So next we have the Emperor's New Groove from 2000. That's three movies, three animated features in one year. Wow. The Emperor's Amazing. New Groove. And uh <laughs> uh it's funny. And yeah, and fun. I love uh what's his name? Kronk. Kronk, yes. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's the standout character for me. And he got his own movie then. Uh he did. Which is not great. Not as good as this one. Kronk's new something. Kronk's new groove. Yeah. yeah. This movie is number ten. Wow. It is in the top 10, number 10. Hilarious. Hilarious. It's great. <laughs> wow. It's a yeah. real fun, funny movie. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, if, if, the, if the kids turned this one on and I was in the room, I wouldn't leave because, you know, there's so much funny stuff in it, fun stuff. Well, I do really uh, enjoy I, this movie. It, yeah. It's, it's a lot I mean, of fun. This is one that I'm not just going to turn on in the background. Like if it's on in the background, I'm going to leave because I need to be able to have time to sit and take it all in. Because it's just (laughs) – this is a special movie. Yeah, and this is the movie that – honestly, it's the movie that solidified David Spade as a bona fide star. Like this guy, man. No, not really. But (laughs) he's really good in this movie. (laughs) Yes. I, I believe in an interview I saw with him once. He's like, "This is like 
one of the only times I ever get to play a good guy. <laughs> nice. Uh, next, we're in 2001 now, and we have Atlantis, The Lost Empire, which, oh. again, I, I really like this one. This is weird and different compared to anything else we've had oh, come yeah. up. And that's because it's a straight-up sci-fi action movie. Yeah. No Joss Whedon in this part of the story. Yeah, no, uh, no, no cutesy-talking animals. Um, there's music, but it's not musical numbers. Um, and and it's it's straight up steampunk sci-fi, and it's really great. Uh, yeah, it, it's fantastic. <laughs> it is number seven on my list. Wow. Yeah, love I this face. movie. It it absolutely captured my imagination as a kid. I was obsessed with this thing. And uh, I think they they had a deleted scene on the Atlantis computer CD-ROM game, right? They had a deleted scene that they would play at the beginning, and it it was an alternate opening for the movie where they show the Vikings who originally had the Shepherd's Journal, and they get destroyed by the Leviathan. Um, and so uh, I I figured out how to rip that video off of that disc and I would just watch it <laughs> because it was so cool. And man, love this movie. Yeah, this this movie, um box office was uh 186 million that year. And you know what else was made lots of money that year? Planet of the Apes made 360 million. Oh, Jurassic, wow. Jurassic Park three made three hundred sixty eight million. Uh, Mummy Returns four hundred thirty three. Pearl Harbor four hundred forty nine. Let's move up. Get some animated number four for two thousand one. Shrek four hundred eighty four <laughs> million dollars. Monsters Inc five hundred twenty five million dollars. And then you have Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring eight hundred seventy one million, and Harry Potter. Nine hundred and seventy-four million. This movie now didn't I've have a chance. No, <laughs> <laughs> I've seen all those movies. <laughs> yeah, but man, this is just one of my favorites. Uh, Mike it's, Mike Magnola. I don't, I don't know if I'm saying his name right, but the creator of Hellboy worked on this movie, and that's what was kind of right. fascinating to me. Michael um, J. Fox, people. It's true. Yeah, and and then you have the worst title for a sequel movie ever in Atlantis Milo's return. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> that's, it's, Hey, there's a guy named Milo in this movie. <laughs> and he returned He's in the title. Apparently. Oh, what a, I, I understand, you know, the main character, you want to get excited about him. It's, it's Michael J. Fox, right? But Milo, I mean, return of, of all the Milo's, I mean, is it Bloom County? Is it the Phantom Tollbooth? I mean, there's lots of Milo's out there. Um, Milo and, I and Otis? I, exactly. <laughs> I wouldn't immediately go to Atlantis for, you know, uh, trying to figure out who Milo was. You just have to have a more exciting name. I mean, yeah. Yeah. That's now that, I don't. Milo's Return doesn't scream, watch this movie. Yeah. I don't know this for a fact, but I'm convinced that Milo's Return is. Uh, it's three, three or four episodes. It is. It is. It is. Okay. Yeah. Cause they were going to make an animated series that never happened. Right. Yeah. And they just stitched together the episodes into a movie. Mm. I hate it when they do that. Yeah. Yep. That's it could have been a nothing, cool right? show. Yeah. It could have been a cool show. 
Then we have in 2002, Lilo and Stitch. Guys, this is a, I love this movie. Yeah, this yeah, is a, this a is fun a fun one. fun movie. My, this is number my five. My family loves this movie. <laughs> this movie is about my life. Okay. It's about a weird alien guy who becomes best friends and moves in with a cute little Hawaiian girl. <laughs> so, and you're I the really, weird little alien guy. I am, yeah, and I so I really connect with this movie. <laughs> this this one is is kind of interesting to me because it it's it's not based on anything except an unpublished what book or story or something that that someone wrote well wikipedia says based on unpublished 1985 children's book by chris sanders yeah who wrote like, the movie like so basically he had the idea was, a long time ago and he book. finally got to do it yeah yeah but how many how many times do you have a movie that's that's based on something unpublished you know wouldn't the first thing that is published be the basis for whatever else comes after it i mean it, it's it's sort of like <laughs> Why would you even mention it? <laughs> because well, that's the... that's what he did. Like that's that's okay. part of his his story for where the story came from. In okay. the opening credits, it actually listed as based on an idea by Chris Sanders. Is how an they idea. put it in the movie. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so I don't know why Wikipedia chose to do what they did, but we're using the <laughs> list, man. And so okay. that's that's what we get based yeah. on unpublished 1985 children's book. Yeah, and What's, this this movie has a really unique art style as well. Like they purposefully chose to alter the Disney art style a bit, and just everything has rounded edges. Yeah, uh, the one of the animators said it's almost like you could reach out and give this movie a hug and not worry about getting <laughs> poked with anything. You know, but I think for me, you know, coming off of the other, I mean, even up to Emperor's New Groove, you had you know more of the traditional angular type stuff and Lilo and Stitch was so different that it took me a while to, to get into it, to actually, you know, access it critically. And, you know, but after I did, I was like, oh, okay, all right. Yeah, I'm getting it. And, uh, and it was a lot of fun. Here's the thing. This is a very strange kind of trilogy of movies that we have here in 2001, 2002 Atlantis, Lilo and Stitch, and then Treasure Planet. We get three sci-fi movies in a row. Oh, the good old days. And it's it's straight up sci-fi. <laughs> I mean, the, Atlantis does the, the steampunk sci-fi. Lilo and Stitch does the comedy family sci-fi, your E.T. kind of thing. I mean, Lilo and Stitch basically is E.T. It's just E.T. in Lilo and Stitch is really, really um, hyperactive and – and dangerous. And ET is just like laid back and sedate. Yeah. A uh, lot of, you know, nothing going on. And then you have Treasure <laughs> Planet and Treasure Planet based on Treasure Island. It's Treasure Island in outer space. Uh, and it's, it's wild. Fantastic. Yeah. It's, so you have this trilogy, uh, you know, spiritual trilogy, I guess, or, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, they are, it's very odd that they spent yeah. that much money and time doing these three sci-fi movies right in a row. And very telling that now we no longer get awesome Disney sci-fi movies because I think the only one that made any money was Lilo and Stitch. Yeah, this wow. one, <laughs> Treasure Planet made $109 million. Mm. And yeah. according to Wikipedia, because that's where we are right now, uh, the budget is $140 million, <laughs> Or was. 
140 million. And again, kind of sticking with uh, with Wikipedia, the to put that in context, in 2002, the number one grossing film was The Two Towers, $926 million. Wow. <laughs> Which is just such a shame because, man, Treasure Planet is awesome. And it's it's number six on my list. It's is it so as good as The Two Towers, though? <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. Is it as good as My Big Fat Greek Wedding, which made $368 million? They're different. They're different, you know. Uh, Ice Age is the animated film in the top 10. Ugh. $383 million. Ugh. You also get, and, and this, here's one possible reason why we get these three sci-fi movies right in a row is uh, Star Wars Episode Two was mm, yeah. in 2002. Yeah. Um, when was Episode One? Is that uh, 1998? I think 99. Because we were married the same week that it came out. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that was in in the on the brain in the zeitgeist, but yeah. Well, Lilo and Stitch number five, Treasure Planet number six, and Atlantis number seven. So they all ended up right next to each other. <laughs> Makes sense. Wow. Makes sense. All right. Another one I've not seen, but now I need to, now that I've seen what is inspired by, according to Wikipedia. But that is Brother <laughs> Bear from 2003. And uh, also, I had a buddy who worked on this movie. Oh, really? Really? Wow. Yeah. yeah um, Tom Bancroft, who. Oh, okay. I, I met him because of comic book stuff, but yeah. um, he's a Disney animator and he and his oh, brother cool. brother are. But, um, Did you do Opposite Forces or something yep, like that? Yep, Opposite Forces. Okay, yeah. That was a good series. Yeah, I know. That was fun, yeah. So 2003, they say, according to Wikipedia, that it's inspired by King Lear, which is my absolute favorite, favorite, favorite uh, Shakespeare play. That is a great one, yeah. And uh, I'll be going to see it in theaters. Because they're doing King Lear, yeah, they're Brother doing Bear? no King Lear. They're doing a um a one of those fathom event kind of things. Is that yeah. the one with Ian McKellen? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. I want to wow. go. You want to go? Yeah. Because I'm going. It's in Michigan City, so it's an hour drive. And it's all right, a, tell me when I'll be there. It's the uh, end of the month here. It's on a Thursday. Okay, so, sweet. Yep. Yeah, I want to go. Yeah. Um. So, Brother Bear, number forty-seven out of fifty-one. <laughs> on, my, on my list i really don't like this one <laughs> but you you know what you might like it after you see king lear and then maybe put it in, into context this, this one steve for uh all the reasons you hated pocahontas because of the spirituality is the reason i don't like this movie oh uh, okay, yeah like you, you think pocahontas is bad this is like dialing it up to 11 <laughs> like pocahontas was subtle compared to uh, this one. so okay <laughs> But I mean, if it's based on King Lear, it, at least it would be interesting to see how they they twist those things in. That's what I want. That's what, I'm really curious about that now. Yeah. See, and I have I have no idea the plot of King Lear, so watching that movie will be the first time. Well, see, there's I, this king, and his name is Lear. Thank you, Steve. Yep. <laughs> That's the starting point, anyway. I just thought there was a king, and he like leered at people. That is okay vision and seeing things and eyes are all a big part of some of the, the, the through lines in King Lear. And, and he has a secret lair. 
get it? A secret leer. Nah. Nah. Yeah, I, 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 as far as puns go, I'm, I'm sorry, that one. Oh, come on. His leer worked, but mine leer didn't. His leer actually thematically ties into the play. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, doesn't this bear like, have a secret leer? His, his, Evan's, his Evan's leer that he was talking about is literally a William Shakespeare's pun as well. So I'm sorry, man. I'm so sorry, my Steve. lair was a pun, and, uh, never but mind. it wasn't Shakespeare's, man. <sighs> All right, we Let's, need to move uh, on to a yeah. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. 2004. <laughs> this is probably in uh, where would I play this place? This one top five probably. Home on the range. Are you kidding me, Ben? <laughs> <laughs> the Are cow movie. <laughs> Roseanne Barr and <laughs> Judy Dench. Yep, Roseanne Barr. Huh. And Judy and Dench. Judy. I want you to let that sink in there for a little bit. Roseanne Barr <laughs> and Judy Dench. Yeah. This movie I had to go to. This I was movie. I was forced to go and see this movie because it was the only kids movie that was playing at the theater, the cheap theater. And I was charged with taking kids from the home where I worked <laughs> to go to see a movie. And it had to be this one. It was one of the last things I did when I worked there. And wow. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's not good. Like I used to like to watch it, but I just, I tried to watch it recently and I didn't get 10 minutes <laughs> into the movie and I turned it off. It, it, it does. Wow. It does beat Brother Bear by one, though. <laughs> there you go. There's something. It made a hundred and three million dollars. Can you believe Ugh. it? You know what else came out that year that was animated? I'm I'm not going to read the whole list here. Three animated movies in the top ten that year: Shark wow. Tale, three hundred sixty-seven oh, million dollars; <laughs> The Incredibles, six hundred thirty-three oh, million dollars. The one. And Shrek 2, $919 million. <laughs> Shrek 2 beat out a Harry Potter movie. Shrek 2 beat out a Spider-Man movie. And Shrek 2 beat out The Passion of the Christ. Wow. That's yeah. ridiculous. And also telling. How, how come we've never done a Shrek episode? Oh, we wait, the, I get it. We did the DreamWorks one. <laughs> we did. We did do did DreamWorks, yeah. yeah. Yep. All right, and we're going to continue the downward spiral. Chicken Little. <laughs> Chicken Little. Another sci-fi movie. Yeah, and not as terrible as the the other bad movies that we have on here. You know, Home on the Range, it's not as bad as that. Ben, this one's 51 out of 51 on my really? list. Really? Yep. Least favorite Disney film. Wow. It's right there. Hmm. Not a fan. That's too bad. Man. I thought it. Yeah, I thought it was like the pacing and the script just feels in the and even in the voice acting just feels really off to me. It doesn't feel like a Disney movie, even a DreamWorks movie. No, and, and this a is a CGI. Uh, it's their first one. Movie. Yeah, this is not a um, it's not a 2D styled movie at all. It's it's yeah. straight up CGI. It's meant to look like uh, a Pixar film. It does not feel like a Pixar film right. at all. Nope. But hey, if you were to say sci-fi version of Henny Penny, the sky is falling. <laughs> um, I would have said, sign me up. 
<laughs> I, I watched it, and I was like, eh, uh, maybe not. But the next okay. movie, 2007, Meet the Robinsons. Meet the Robinsons. Mm, this one's fantastic. So good. Yep. Such a great, and not I did not know what to expect. So I start watching this thing, and I'm like, wait, what's going on? Wait, what's this movie about? Wait, this is great. <laughs> this is the first movie I saw in 3D, number eight on my list. Well, it deserves to be there. It definitely would be in my top five. Definitely in top five. So good. So good. You know what? I don't know if I've seen this one yet. <gasps> Steve. Yeah, you, you, I'm, I'm not going to do the whole big double take, big breath, but I am going to say you, sh- you should see this, man. Yeah, I think it's one of those ones to what I, I, no, wait a minute. It's with the bowler hat guy. Yeah, I think I've seen at least parts of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I've seen significant parts of it, if not the whole thing. Wow. Why did I know? Why did I, I mistook it. You know what I mistook it for is uh, another one that I hadn't seen. What is that? Tomorrowland, I think it's called. Yes. But also I don't think that's. Good. I don't yeah, think you know, that's I, an, is that animated? It's not. No. But I, I actually no. these would, Tomorrowland and Meet the Robinsons would make a good double feature. I think. Okay. I agree. I think they they would go along well together. Yeah. The next movie is from 2008 and not as great, but I just saw it recently for the first time and and not terrible. Bolt. Yeah. It's not not a bad movie. Um, I'm guessing Evan that this is in the middle of your list somewhere. Let me check. Really ben. close to the middle. 25 out of 51. <laughs> well, <So>, yes, sir. <laughs> that is really close to the middle. In fact, yes. uh, take out fractions and there's only two places it could be in the middle. And that's that's one of them. So, OK, great. Yeah, uh, yeah it's just it's a decent story. It, it goes through and, you know, the, the twist. I like the twist where it's a animal actor that thinks that the show he's in is real. And so we're watching it and the kids are like, wait a minute isn't this the Truman show? Is this like the Disney animation <laughs> version of the Truman show? It doesn't become that. I mean, it, it goes no. and it goes off into a different direction, but right. it definitely felt like that at first. Next in 2009, I have not seen this one, the princess and the frog. This was fun. I liked it. This one is, um, this one's going to be re-released in theaters. This, uh, really? yeah, yeah. They're, they're oh, so doing a, a series of, of Disney princess movies that are being re-released in theaters. And oh, cool. live action Cinderella, live action Beauty and the Beast, Princess and the Frog, and I can't remember. The, I think Tangled. And uh, I think there's one more, but I can't remember. I yeah, this wasn't fantastic, but there was a lot of good parts to it. I want to re-watch it because when I first watched it as uh, when I was younger – um, I really didn't like it because of all the voodoo stuff. Yeah. You know, and That's it's got problematic. Yeah. Well, only a little bit because the way the villain is dealt with is very good. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I appreciated that a lot, but the, the, my problem was when they have g- good voodoo, you know, <laughs> in the movie. Right. Right. But the, I mean, but the animation and the music and the characters are fantastic. And I'd like to go back and rewatch it and see how I feel now about it. Yeah. So, yeah. This was the last, no, second to last traditionally animated Disney movie. So far. There may yeah. be some in the future. Mm-hmm. 
There may be. Hey, Evan, you're talking about you have 51 movies on your list? Correct. We're going through number 56 here. I think I didn't include ones I hadn't seen, and there's a couple at the very beginning, like okay. uh, Fun and Fancy Free and gotcha. yeah, Melody Time okay. and that stuff. I didn't, I didn't include those. All right. So moving on from Princess and the Frog, we get another princess, and that is from 2010, Tangled. Tangled, I was not excited to see this movie um, because the trailer made it look dumb. Uh, the trailer made it look like a just another generic a Shrek type movie where it's right. you're, you're taking a classic fairy tale and oh, now we're putting a bunch of puns and fancy stuff in it. And so in the tra- there was no music in the trailer. You had no idea this was a musical. So I went with my sisters and a friend of mine uh, to go see the movie. And we're both, me and my friend are both just like, ah, oh, this is going to stink. It's not going to be good. Five minutes in, we're like, oh my gosh, this is going to be awesome. Because <laughs> the, the, then the music starts and it's just a classic Disney princess, Little Mermaid type movie. Yeah. Because John Lasseter got his hands on the reins. And now it's sitting at number four on my list. Wow. Number four out of 51. Yeah, this is the, I think, the most Pixar feeling of of all of the uh, a- any animated movie that Disney has done, not calling it Pixar. So, <laughs> right. Um, so speaking of Pixar, Toy Story 3 also came out that year, but Tangled actually made it into the top 10. Wow. wow. Yeah, it, made, it grossed almost 600 million, but with a budget of 260 million. That was the budget for this movie. If this movie didn't make two hundred sixty million dollars, it wouldn't have succeeded. <laughs> well, two hundred sixty million. Uh, what was interesting to me is you had Tangled. It it just feels very very Pixar, and then you have Toy Story happening that year as well. But that was a turning point in my mind for for Pixar. Was was Toy Story three kind of being the last real hurrah that Toy Story got? That's my opinion. Right. Yeah, well, I I never got Pixar vibes from Tangled. Uh, I I got that classic early '90s feel from it. Oh, I from, I did from Disney. I did, and I I think the next Disney or the next Pixar movie after this was Brave, which did not feel like Pixar. Right. Yeah. 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 So. All right. 2011 brings us Winnie the Pooh, which I have not seen this one. I liked it a lot. Yeah, this was pretty good. It's just like a another. It's like a true sequel to the original Winnie the Pooh, okay. right? Yeah. Where you know you start with opening the book and it's little vignettes and and you're going through the different pages and things and they did yeah. a g- great job. Okay, yeah, and it had the uh, the one of the shorts, uh, one of my favorite shorts, the Ballad of Nessie. Dude, that is my least favorite one. <laughs> Why? I, I I don't I I don't like. Um, rhyming stuff for some reason. Like I didn't like uh the Songs. the Pixar one yeah, with the hours. with the jackalope <laughs> hymns. <laughs> no, I don't like I don't like spoken verse. I guess because I didn't like the jackalope either from Pixar, and I didn't like yeah. this one. I like Bound. Okay. I, I like that. Oh, that's my least Bounded. favorite Pixar short. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I can understand that, but I mean, being Scots having you know the ballad of nessie it just it was just 
a lot of I mean I loved Brave as well so you know go figure <laughs> <laughs> so we, we're getting an uptick here though this is we're starting to get back into a new groove I guess uh, we get right, Wreck-It yeah. Ralph next in 2012 and yeah. Wreck-It Ralph it's it's good it's a good yeah. movie and it yeah. does it does good things it has interesting twists it has classic video game characters along with characters that feel classic and feel real it's it's number nine um we also get an awesome uptick in the theatrical shorts because with record ralph we got paper man right oh have you seen paper man ben i have oh so good and i i would say it's you know i like the ballad of nessie better so (laughs) but you know that's just me you can like paper man better it's okay that's a free country it's a free country all right so 2013 (laughs) we're going to frozen which is the phenomenon has anyone seen that (laughs) <laughs> I have not. Just a little art house film. <laughs> I haven't Frozen. seen it. Are you kidding? I am not kidding. I saw the middle 20 minutes because it was playing in the room where I was setting up tables for an event at camp. How are you even a children's minister and you haven't seen <laughs> Frozen? Uh, I don't Man. think seeing Frozen is prerequisite to being a children's <laughs> no, minister. No, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't want to, you know, there, there could be possible spoilers if we talk about it true, too much. True. So yeah. I would much rather have you watch it because let's just say there's some incredible stuff in there. It's good. I mean, it's the Christian themes are awesome in that movie. Okay. Um, I personally enjoy Tangled better as a just a movie as a whole. But yeah, the the thematic stuff going on in Frozen is great. Very good. Very good. We have three more. All right. Winding down. Yeah, we are coming. We've got another top 10, though, and that is uh, Big Hero 6, 2014, based on the Marvel comic book. Yep. Kind of. (laughs) But (laughs) yeah, this is a Marvel superhero movie. It has a Stan Lee cameo. One of the best it's Stanley Kings. Really, well, I don't, I don't know about that, but <laughs> really good movie though. I think so, it's number twenty-one for me, but I still really like it. It's in the top half. Yeah, I. Th- this is a fantastic one. I love the style. I love the what the story is trying to say. There's some good stuff being said, and the, and there's some twists and turns, and yeah, sci-fi action. I'm not. I'm not sure if I've actually seen this one. So, oh, that's good. Stay till sure after the credits. Okay. Yeah, it's a Marvel movie. So stay till after the credits. Two years later, in 2016, we get Zootopia. Which is... Have you guys seen this? Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. This is number three. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, wow. I really like this That one. really oh, surprises wow. me. But yeah, it, it is a good movie. And it's, it's a cop movie set in the animal world. But honestly... You don't want to ask too many questions in this movie. <laughs> yeah, there's there's just a couple of things there where you're just like, well, OK, you know, because story, <laughs> because movie. Yeah. But, uh, and, and beyond that, though, there's just some I, I wouldn't call them logical inconsistencies, but the world that's set up. There's a lot of thought that went into it 
it feels like they did a very good job. Don't get me wrong. I would pat them on the back. They did an excellent job. But at the same time, it doesn't feel perfect because of just this whole social structure that they have um, with with the animals. And it's kind of like a, I don't know, Planet of the Apes kind of thing where the the animals are giving you a, I don't know, metaphorical social structure that you can see yourself in it. If you want to try to wrap your brain around this one, you could say that this is post-apocalyptic maybe. Uh, listeners, this movie has no flaws. <laughs> you should go watch it and enjoy it. Unfettered. No, it's, it's a fantastic movie. <laughs> it is even really good. All, but if, Even with all its perceived flaws. I didn't say there were flaws. I'm saying that to me, I got to squint a little bit and not think too hard about it. All right. Yeah. Yeah, Five stars. Great characters. Uh, the, the story is fun. Um, the animation is fantastic. And like Ben said, you know, the ideas you know, where they go and the different places that they visit, you know, just fantastic. Finally, we have 2016 starring Dwayne, the rock Johnson, Moana, (laughs) Moana, Moana, one of my daughter's favorite movies. You let your daughter watch this. We skip a lot. (laughs) Okay. So (laughs) really, (laughs) Yeah, she watches just, half this movie. This really that really surprises me. <laughs> what do you skip? Uh, we skip the beginning with the lava monster. We skip the middle with the giant crab. And oh, okay. so, okay, after the coconut guys, we skip until the very end of the movie. <laughs> Why bother watching so, it? Like, let her experience these things when she can handle the whole thing and she, watch the whole thing. Her aunts from Hawaii gave her a little Moana doll and she loves her Moana doll. And so she enjoys seeing the movie and knowing who Moana is. This is going to be like when my wife, uh, her family taped um, Uncle Buck and planes, trains and automobiles off of the the television network broadcast. (laughs) And (laughs) then later on, they came back to it and it's a completely different movie when you're watching the rented actual vhs tape of the movie <laughs> right yeah that's funny yeah, I, I remember uh you know we when growing up we would watch like uh logan's run on tv you know channel 56 yeah. whatever and you know you you get that the commercial breaks and everything and then i was when i got older i was like oh, i'm just gonna get the disc and i'm watching the disc and i'm like i'm glad i don't have kids in the room yeah. because this is a little bit too much <laughs> i don't think i've watched the disc since they I'm do like, a, can I, a very good job of, when you need them. yeah they do a very good job of presenting a um hedonistic society of the future yeah um in a pg movie but it's yeah. 70s hard pg which is yeah. very different than current pg so. right yeah all right well that is the list of Disney, okay, Walt Disney theatrical released animated feature films. That's that's the list, and there's a lot to enjoy here. Yes, <laughs> there's a lot to enjoy, and they created a studio system that created some incredible, incredible stuff, and continues to. They've also had some misses, mm-hmm. which. <laughs> But 
we're done talking about them now. So we won't have to talk about the misses anymore. But the hits, the hits just keep on coming. <laughs> Hopefully. Well, what's what? up next? We got Frozen 2. Wreck-It Ralph coming, 2. And Wreck-It Ralph 2. 2. Yeah. So good job, guys. Coming up with that original stuff. <laughs> yep. So that's that. Any, any final words, gentlemen? I really need to start preparing final words. That's Steve, my final any, word. any final words? <laughs> yeah, this is, this is one of those times where I did not prepare a final word. Maybe okay. I can find one real quick. Well, uh, I, I, I think we're just going to shut it down. <laughs> I'm going to say thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Thank you for uh, supporting the podcast. And thank you so much for having fun with us. And Godspeed. You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast hosted by Ben Avery, Evan David, Steve McDonald, and Dr. Jason Neal. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. We'd love for you to join the conversation by going to our website at strangersandaliens.com where you'll find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com. Or you can join our social media conversations by following us on Twitter, where we are at Strange and Alien, or liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangers and aliens. Or leave us a voicemail by calling the Strangers and Aliens hotline. That number is 1-804-37-ALIEN. And once again, thanks for listening. I was the number one son, but they treated me like I was number two.